Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. And good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. And today, I am always, always happy to have Tom Campbell with me. Tom is a physicist. You know, he brings everything back to love, and I just I just find it very refreshing that, you know, we can explore the same topics from a relatively different perspective than mine, but yet still come to the same place. Um, I love that Tom brings everything to fear and love. And um, so today, I thought because we're coming into a new year, and hopefully this will get up, it may not get up until New Year's Day, but that's okay, because we'll be just starting the new year, the new year. (laughs) But um, so I thought we'd talk about New Year's intentions. So as we get close to the New Year's, um, everybody starts thinking about, you know, what they want, what their intentions are for the year. Um, They kind of make all of these list of goals. And, um, and then by about day four or five, um, the goals are all gone because they've done something and then they get upset. And (laughs) that's kind of how it tends to go for everybody. So welcome, Tom. Thank you, Laurie. It's always glad to be here. You know, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I love you too, Laurie. uh, I, I enjoy these talks with you. They're always fun. They are. So I know that usually the top ones have something to do with getting healthy, um, losing weight, stop smoking, stop drinking. You know, the sad thing is, is that probably some people try to do all of those all at once. And of course, all of these things are things outside of ourselves. Um, They're not dealing with the emotional connection or the emotional response that is the reason why we have these addictions. And so let's just kind of talk about New Year's resolutions and we're going to call them New Year's intentions because that's putting it in a different spin and allows us to um, to see it from a different perspective. Okay. I think that most people when they make these intentions or resolutions, they do so from their intellect. These are things that they think they should do. I should lose weight. I should, you know, drink less or eat less or, you know, be angry less or whatever else they they uh, have in their in their intention. But that's an intellectual process. They look at themselves and that's good. This introspection and taking a little time out to look back and see where you might improve. That's a very good thing. And it should be done more often than once a year. It should, be, it should be done like every day. But that it's done at all is good. Right. And when you look back, the problem is that if you, if you make these intentions just from the intellect, there's no commitment involved. It's not really something that you're making from the being level. You know, you know, in my work, I differentiate between the being level and the intellectual level. Yes. And the intellectual level is is mostly justification, you know, for the ego. ego. Yeah. So we want to justify and we say, well, OK, I haven't been doing this so well. I'm overweight. I really ought to lose weight. I ought to be nicer to the children. You know, I ought to do this. I ought to do that. And it's all intellectual. And it's because we feel bad about it that we feel like, you know, we need to, you know, we ought to make a change there. But all of that is at the egoic level. It's all at the intellectual level. There's no commitment behind it. So yes, by day four or five or, you know, the next month or something, well, we go ahead and we eat that bag of chips or, you know, get the, buy that box of cookies anyway. And then our, our ego justifies it and says, well, let's just, just once, you know, I've been really good up until now, you know, I haven't eaten any cookies and, uh, you know, just one box won't hurt and uh, I'll share them with everybody else. I won't even, you know, and so on. So you justify it and then that's one step back to just where you were. And then you justify the next time and eventually it's like, well, you know, maybe next year, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. later, I'll yeah. do it next week. This is not a good time. I'm real stressed right now. I've got all <laughs> these things going on, all this stress, just not a good time for me to give up cookies. 
you know, I, I'll wait and do that some other time. So our intellect just justifies what our ego needs to hear. Right. It needs to hear that we that we need to change, okay? Because we feel a little guilty. All right, I'm you know I'm fat. Uh, you know I'm not maybe nice to my kids as I should be. Uh, I'm a little more self-centered than I like to be, and so on. And we see those things. So the way we live with them without really changing them is pretend that we're going to do something about it. And that's what New Year's resolutions are for the most part. It's us at the intellectual level. Uh, the pretense is a sop to the ego because that'll make us feel better that, all right, we're, we're going to take these seriously and we're going to change these things. But because there's no commitment, we really don't. Oh, we make some effort as long as the intellect can, can uh, kind of get in the way and say, oh, no, you know, let those cookies go. But before long, the real us comes out and our habits come back and then we excuse them. It's not a good time. So much stress right now. You know, I, I need my cookies. I need my caffeine. You know, I need my cigarette, whatever it is. I need that drink because these are just hard, hard moments right now, and, and et cetera, et cetera. We justify it, and then we go on, and then next year we get to make the resolution again because by then we're feeling guilty, and we need a sop to our ego, which then we make the resolution and we have the intent, and so we go through these motions year after year. And part of the problem is that we are not authentic. Right. You know, we're playing a game. You know, the way you uh, describe it is it's our story. You know, so we're we're writing these stories, and we're we're really playing a game with with uh, with our lives rather than actually living them authentically. We're we are uh, kind of slaves to our to our ego and to our fear and to our beliefs, and those are the things that drive us. And until we see that point, then the resolutions and the, the intents are just going to be intellectual, and they're mostly just, you know, again, sops to the ego. Right. So that's the point. We have to really get to the point where we realize at a, at a being level who and what we are, that we have the courage to be ourselves, just to be who we are, and then more courage to actually change if we don't really like who we are, right. you see? And that's real change now, not just pretend change from an intellectual level, but real change at the being level, which means you become a different person, not the same person who is now forcing oneself to act better, but a genuine, authentic person who just is how they are and becomes better. There's a difference. Right. You, know, you, can, you can act better. And if you don't eat those cookies, you, know, you don't buy any of that junk food or whatever for a month or two months. Well, that's the intellect you know, that's kind of uh, sweeping the problem under the rug. The intellect's doing that, but it won't stick. It won't last because it's just the intellect. You have to be different. You have to not want any of those things because now you've changed, because you have commitment. You say, as long as you want them, oh, I want them, but I can't have them. You know, okay, I won't buy them at the grocery store because, you know, then I'll eat them sort of thing. That's still you and your intellect playing games, even if it does help you lose weight. What you need to do is be authentic and be who you are and then change that who you are, you know, to make yourself happy, you know, so that when you're authentic, you're a happy person. You're being who you are. You're real. You don't have to try to control yourself with the intellect because when you see a problem, you don't control it by sweeping it under the rug. You change it by getting rid of it. And it's just not there anymore. You don't have to not buy that that uh, junk food because you know you shouldn't. You just don't buy it because you don't want it. It isn't healthy. You don't want to eat that stuff. You see, there's a there's a difference. Oh, I'd really like to have it, but I know I shouldn't, and right. I just don't want it. There's a very big difference between those. So there's the real growth where you change and become a different person, and then there's the pretend growth where you play uh, 
oh, I don't know, you know, you, what I say, you're a sop to the ego, you know, you, you, uh, you're just trying to make yourself feel better by doing what you think you should do, but it's not a being level, so there's no real commitment to it. So I would say for your listeners listening to this, if you want to make New Year's resolutions, first, make resolutions every day, you know, make, be, so, be introspective every day, say, who am I? Do I like me the way I am? And if not, don't control it with your intellect to be, you know, to, to act different, be different, change yourself. It's not as hard as it, as it sounds. But anyway, you have this introspection daily and then change, right. be different. Find your fear, find your ego, get rid of them accept them, deal with them and overcome them. You know, that's the hard work that needs to be done. But until you do that hard work, you're not really accomplishing much other than, um, you know, sweeping things under the rug, uh, using your intellect to uh, control yourself, to act better. But those acts, because they're acts, eventually just kind of go away. You're never quite sure when they go away or when you stopped controlling yourself, but uh, they just do because they're not real. They're not you and they're not authentic. It's you trying to be someone else. You trying to be that person that doesn't eat junk food. Well, if you're just acting, there's some value in that. Okay, you're eating less junk food, but eventually it'll go away and you'll just be yourself again. So you really need to change at a fundamental level to where you see the world differently where you, you live in a in a different world right and i mean most most of the things that people think of as resolutions um are really our addictions and behind the addictions of course is some sort of underlying belief emotion something that we're trying to um I don't know, feel better about instead of, so it's, it's not necessarily that, you know, sugar is who we are or the, it's, it's that, it's that we keep trying to hide the true problem, which is, is something that we're feeling uncomfortable about and, um, and using coping mechanisms like sugar or whatever. I mean, we come up with all sorts of reasons why we don't want to do things but i see the subtleness of your point is is really kind of an interesting way of looking at it. i'm not even sure i've looked at it that way um but we have so from a being level so when we see things that we don't like about ourselves it's really it's really partly our ego and our mind thinking that we don't like the outer things or that we want to change the outer things mm -hmm. and I mean who we are is usually so well hidden <laughs> due to age well depending on how old you are but due to age and our experiences and everything that sort of we feel has happened to us and we kind of set those stories and we kind of sit in those stories and we we don't even realize that from what you've said, you know, all the things that we're trying to do is really just the ego trying to, uh, to intellectualize or um, see it from a mental perspective of what we need to, what we think we need to do to change because we think we need to be what society sees us or, um, you know, healthy and vibrant. And, you know, we have these ideas, but I don't even know that most people know what they are. I think you're point. right. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. That's, that's this point about being authentic. Right. Most people don't really know who they are. They define themselves by their stories. As you say, they define themselves in terms of, you know, um, uh, you know, their, their wives or their, their husbands or their mothers and fathers, their, you know, members of this church, their members of that organization, they define themselves in terms of the external world, of things outside themselves. Right. 
and that's then who they are. Right. You know, if you say, who are you? You know, tell me who you are. Well, the first thing somebody will tell you is where they work, yeah. you know, their education. Yeah. You know, if you say, describe yourself, <laughs> they describe themselves in terms of, you know, their accomplishments, what they do. I'm so-and-so's mother or father. Yeah. You know, I went to the school. I have this degree. I work in this job. That's how people describe themselves. If you just say, well, tell me about a little bit about yourself. Who are you? And we get all this, you know, we are defined by external things. But that's not what we are. We're consciousness. We're a, we're a being. You know, we're aware. We make choices. And it's that's the authentic person, not the, you know, not what we've done, not what we've accomplished, or even what our dreams are. You know, it's who are we inside? And most people would say, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't have any idea who I am inside. I just do what I do and, you know, and uh, I describe myself in terms of other things. And we react and we, you know, it's, it's like we're, we're, we're not even aware on a very subtle level because most of the time we're just reacting to, you know, past experiences. We're acting to reacting to the story that we think we've now kind of identified ourselves with and we're not even closely um connected to who we are authentically like it's an it's really interesting though like it's how do you get to that place where you know who you are without those stories without you know all because all the things that we identify ourselves with all the ways society has like because this is what we do. We come up with New Year's resolutions thinking that this is the year we're going to make a change, right? Like nobody comes into it thinking, oh, yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, people s- sincerely believe that they're going to make a change this year. Right. And if they, if that belief or that desire, that wish is intellectual, instead of being at the being level and a lot of people are saying what is this intellectual being level you know how how do i separate those what is mm-hmm. what is that but the the intellectual level is is who you think you are who you'd like to be it's your intellectual view of yourself it's your own interpretation your intellectual interpretation of who you are your being level is who you actually are that's you at the core that's you at the you know at the center of your being, who you are. Okay, and the difference is between being and acting. If you're acting, you know, I, I act nice, I act polite, I act, you know, like I'm having a good time at your party, you know, I act, you know, these ways because that's socially acceptable. So that's the way I act. But it's not necessarily the way I really feel or the way I am. I may be bored or I may be upset for some reason or I may be this or that, but I act polite and I smile and I carry on conversation and I do all that. You see, one is acting, the other is being. One is being driven by the intellectual level of acting how I think I should be. All the things I've learned about being polite and sociable and the the social graces and all of that, that's, that's what I've learned. And the other is just who I am. It's not any acting. It's not from the intellect. It's just fundamental me, you see, at the being level. So that's really the difference between the being level and the uh, intellectual level. Now, the intellectual level can be very civilizing. Okay, (laughs) we learn good manners, right? So we're not rude. It's not, you know, all about us. You know, we... We wait and listen to the other people talk, even though we're really not interested at all in what they're having to say. You know, we we wait until they're quiet so that we can say something that's important, you see, and, yes. and, that, we, and that we want to contribute. So it's a matter of each person biding their time till they get the, you know, till they get the talk and they really don't care a whole lot about what other people are saying one way or another. That's just politeness. So, you know, our our acting can be very civilizing. It makes us, um, you know, it socially uh, helps us interact with other people. So there is some benefit in it. It just isn't us. And it won't change us. And it won't make us, you know, better fundamentally at the being level. 
it may make us more polite. It may make us more, uh, um, you know, nicer to other people. Other people may like us better because we have this veneer, you know, from our intellect and our ego, which is what we think we ought to be. And yes, okay, we're more civilized now because of that veneer, but we're still the same person underneath, you see. There's a difference between those. And what we need to change isn't to be a better actor. So we don't want to go into that grocery store and with our intellect say, don't buy the junk food. Well, that's maybe helpful in a way, but it doesn't stick. It doesn't last. We can't really do that because it's not the way we are. It's just an act. We need to get to the point where we listen to other people talk because we're interested in those people. It's not necessarily the facts or the content that they're telling us that's so interesting. It's them. It's interacting with them. They're sharing a part of themselves. They're showing you a part of their own being level, you see. And that's what's interesting. Whether they're talking about their children or their school or whatever, all the, all the content isn't really where the message is. The message is in the connection with those people as human beings and their lives and what is interesting to them and what, you know, what uh, lights them up, you know, what is significant in their life. That's what's interesting. Not the, not the content, not the, you know, cause this is content you know, and it doesn't matter. It's just the content that they happen to be talking about, but they're sharing something of themselves from their own being level. And uh, that connection with other people is very valuable. That's very interesting. And the reason it's interesting is because you care. You see, not because you're pretending to be polite, waiting for your turn to talk. You see, you're, you're interested because you, you care about other people. And you're interested in seeing who they are. What, what is it you know, about them? What kind of person is this? And how can I interact with this person? What can I learn from this person? What are things that they have that are you know, that I, you know, that I can admire or that I can, uh, you know, learn from. So these are the things that you, that you do. So it's this being level quality. The being level is where all the change has to take place. Though right. so acting is civilizing, it doesn't cause you to evolve. You're still the same person. You haven't evolved any. So that's when, when you call these things stories, well, the stories is, a, is an intellectual interpretation of your experience, right. and that's your story. Okay? It would be better if you just had the experience and just took it the way it was without making a, really making a story out of it. The ego is what creates the story. How can we justify our experience in terms of ourselves, our wants, our needs, our desires, our beliefs, and our fears? And then that's the story we make rather than just accepting that story or accepting that experience just as it is. That's what the, that's what it means by being, you know, by being present in the moment, you just accept things just the way they are. You accept the moment you're present there, you experience it and you go on to the next moment. And I think, you know, a lot of people get confused because they may react or they may, what they think is a reaction. So they're at a party and they do get bored or, you know, something happens and they do get angry. And the thing is, is usually, you know, we are so trying to um, subvert it, like we're so trying to bury it that we don't ever give our feelings and expression like we don't allow them to come up we we think that we've labeled or society or somehow it's been labeled that certain emotions are bad and so we don't you know we try to change that by acting like you say Mm -hmm. we try to change it by creating another story around it we try to change it by intellectualizing it or you know giving our ego a voice when really it's because we now have decided or society has decided that that's a bad thing so you can't actually express it you can't actually be in that moment and then say wow i really feel 
you know, angry at this person and then go, okay, so why am I angry? Like we don't really do that. We just sort of quickly try and, you know, push it down, deep down and say, oh yeah, I'll deal with this some other day or I'll deal with this at another time when I'm not at a party where everybody's trying to be happy. But we forget that that's our authentic, like it's not bad to be frustrated or bored or angry and Usually anger is not a primary emotion, but, you know, none of these things are bad. We've just decided they're bad. And so when we push them away, we therefore can't change them because we're not even experiencing, like we're not even, even trying to be authentic with them. Yes. Well, the thing is that if we allow ourselves to express who we are, then we'd have to allow other people to express <laughs> who they are, you see. <laughs> And we don't want to put up with all that trash, you see, from these other people expressing how they are. Therefore, we stuff it, you know, under the rug so that we don't, it's like, I'm not telling you how I feel. You don't tell me how I feel. We'll both stand here and smile at each other, do small talk and pretend we're having fun, right. you see. And then we go from the party and we say, wow, that was shallow, you know. Uh, well, you know, we were we were a part of that shallow dance with, other people just as much as they were with us and it's it's not that they're all that shallow it's that that's the way we we interact well it's not so bad like i say it's civilizing let's say you're at a party and you feel anger right okay it's it's civilizing to maybe keep that anger to yourself at this in this particular context where everybody's having a party but if you just stuff it under the rug and forget about it you see, now there's no opportunity to learn anything. Right. That's the problem. Right. All right, so take that anger and set it aside and say, I'm going to study that later. You know, when I get a chance, I'm going to study where that, you know, where that came from. And then you go back to that anger and say, why was I angry? Well, you'll list off a couple of things. And if you keep, so, and, and you'll list those things off. And then you say, well, why did those things make me angry. And then they'll say, well, that's because, and eventually you'll work yourself down to, oh, I've got this fear. You see, it's my ego. It's my fear. And that's why I was angry. It wasn't really them at all. It was me. I take responsibility for my reactions to things. And if I feel anger, that's me, not them. I need to do something about that. You see, at the being level, I need to get rid of that fear and then start working on it. See, that's the process. It's not so much that you should say, well, I feel angry, so I'm just going to tell everybody what I think. <laughs> well, you know, you might do that among really good friends who can stand to sit there and listen to what you really think, and you would sit there and listen to what they really think. There's some friends you have that will do that for you, and that's a good place to do that. Probably in a social you know, gathering, it's probably not the place to do that. You know, that would probably do more harm than good. So we need to be authentic. We also need to be polite. But there shouldn't be a split between those two. Here's the polite me, and down here's the real me, and those two never talk to each other. You know, those two uh, hide from each other sort of thing. That's not it. The real you and the polite you have to be all the same you. And you can be polite, and you can take that anger and not show it then, but then you can't forget about it. You can't just go home and grumble, blame it on somebody else, you see. And now it's nothing for you to change. It's that other person. Right. So-and-so, they were rude. They did this. They did that. They said something nasty about my children. You know, right. They did something that upset me and made me angry. And it's all their fault. And there's nothing to change about me. You know, They're the ones that have to change. So we do that. We blame it on somebody else. Then we don't have anything to do. We're done. And we feel perfectly justified in being done because we don't take responsibility for our own, our own feelings, our own, you know, emotions. If you're angry, it has to do with you. You see, otherwise, if it wasn't for your ego and your fear, if somebody said something unpleasant about your children, it would tell you something about them, right. not about your children. You wouldn't take it personally. You see, it would just be the way they were. It would be their perspective and the way they saw things. And you might even inquire a little bit of how did they get that perspective? And you might understand where they're coming from. 
And maybe they're just coming from a lot of fear and ego of their own. Well, that's okay. People are like that, you see. It's not personal. Why should you get angry about it? <laughs> it's true. You see, it's about them. It's not about you. Right. Well, you get angry about it because of your ego, which is attached to your fear. And that's why you get angry. See, nobody makes you angry. Your, ang your own reactions are your own. Right. So if you get angry, you don't have to blow up at a party, but you do need to deal with it. Find the fear attached to that anger and then change it. Don't just say, well, you know, the next time, you know, I'll suppress that anger even faster. I'll, I'll learn how to suppress that anger so fast that I don't even know I'm suppressing it. Right. I'll just stand there and smile. You see, that's not it either. You got to get rid of it to where when somebody says something, you know, unpleasant about your children, it doesn't make you angry because it's not your ego that's involved. You don't take it personally. You wonder about how they came to that conclusion. How did they get there? And maybe they have a good reason that you've never seen it from that perspective. Or maybe it's just their own ego and their own fear or something else. But whatever, it'll be interesting. And you'll explore it a little. And you'll have no anger whatsoever, you see. Because you can, you're the only one that can choose to be angry. Nobody can make you angry. So that's the point. It's, it's okay to be polite. It's okay even to stuff some of our stuff that we haven't dealt with yet down in certain circumstances because it'll only make things worse if we express it. Maybe we can express it to some good friends that we have that will, you know, we can tell them our inner thoughts and they can tell us their inner thoughts and nobody gets upset about it or nobody gets judgmental. We just kind of, they just listen. If you have friends that are that good, many people never have any friends that are that, that good. But anyway, you can't let it go. You have to deal with it. Any negative emotion that you ever feel anytime, over any reason, if you've got a negative emotion and that goes along with anxiety, upset, um, you know, uh, feeling guilty, you know, any of these things that are negative emotions, if you feel any of them, don't just let them go. Don't blame them on somebody else. Don't justify them. Find out the fear, the ego and the fear, and then change it. Get rid of it so that it's not there anymore so that you can have all those same experiences and you won't have the negative emotion. Well, you without negative emotions is a happy you. You without negative emotions is somebody who's having fun in life, who, you know, doesn't have these problems, doesn't have the anxiety and so on. So that's how you end up being a happy camper rather than always struggling through your life. You get rid of it. You have to deal with things at the being level, change, become a different person. And that's the solution, you see, to the problem. Right. I think it's a really, I mean, it's a really valid point to, to bring up again is that, you know, any emotion that we have, it's authentic because it's, it's more, it's from a being level versus a doing, right. but it comes from often comes from you know a reaction of the past and it always has to do with our ego getting you know attached to something it's somehow you know it's us you know reacting to something it's something that it, I found I was really conscious this holiday season when I was up at home uh, for a few days and um, we'd done a show prior about you know how to kind of look at the holidays a little bit differently. And I I really, you know, of course, you know, some of the things came up that, you know, really triggered me. And I was able to just, I kept bringing it back to the core piece. But I mean, the core piece that I, you know, react to has to do with not feeling supported. But that's not really what's happening. That's just how my ego is reacting to it. But if I don't address it and I just stuff it down, I mean, it just, it over, it just, you know, it bubbles over and no matter what, and then I, then I do, I want to blame it on the other people and saying, well, there, you know, there's another example. And it's like, yeah, but that's just the story. That's not really what's happening. And it's, you know, if I hadn't have done the work prior to going, 
and, you know, had some examples sort of thrown in my face, then, I, it, you know, it would have been different. It would have been me just, you know, reaction after reaction. And it, it is fascinating because you really, it's, it's not like your ego isn't going to get triggered, but you don't, you just see it from a different perspective because it's not what we're thinking. Like it's not really like, it's not personal. We're making it personal. It's not personal. We're making it into a story. It's not the story. It's just something that's happening. And they have their own reasons and their own, you know, their own fears attached to what is happening. But we want to make it about us and how, you know, they're doing something to us. Like we, we twist it around because it's our ego's way of justifying. It's our ego's way of trying to, you know, make it okay that we're angry and, you know, therefore we're going to want sugar to distract ourselves and, you know, all the things that we do to distract ourselves. Sure. That's uh, kind of the nature of being self-centered is that everything is about us. Right. You see, somebody says something and we tend to take it personally because we're very self-centered for us. You know, we are the center of the universe and everybody else kind of out there interacts with us. But as we interpret our reality and all reality is interpreted, right. you, know, you create your reality with your interpretation, how you interpret it. Then that's what is real to you, the way you interpret that. Oh, so-and-so was, you know, very, uh, you know, this or that, or they said these awful things, whatever. And they think that I'm the, that's your interpretation. Yeah. It's just your interpretation. You see, you make that reality through your interpretation. And if you are not so self-centered that everything's about you, then you don't take things personally. It's not about you. If so-and-so says something, you know, about, oh, you're still doing that stupid stuff with, you know, (laughs) with meditation, (laughs) you know, then it's not about you. You see, it's not that your fear of inadequacy and not being held in esteem by other people because you have this inadequacy fear, you see, that's, that's your fear. You know, that's your reaction. Then that's how you interpret it. But if you don't feel that way, if you've done, if you've dealt with that fear and there is no inadequacy, then it's not about you. It's about them. They're expressing something and you listen to other people talk and they're telling you about themselves. They're telling you about how they feel their attitudes, their fears, their ego. They're telling you about all that sort of stuff. It's not about you at all. It's about them. Even if they're putting it, you know, even if they are talking to you, oh, you're doing that stupid, you know, stuff. You're still doing that stupid stuff, you know, that meditation. (laughs) What are you doing that for? You know, that never helped anybody and they, things like that. And you get upset because that's your life. You see, that meditation and that stupid stuff you're doing is your whole life. You've invested everything in it, and now you're angry because they've just, you know, trashed your life. They haven't done anything of the sort. They've just told you about how they feel. Right. What does that have to do with you? Right. Nothing, you see. So what's to get angry about? Somebody tells you about themselves. Oh, let me tell you about me. I've got this fear and I've got this ego and I've got all of these beliefs. And that's why I'm telling you this. That's why I think you're, you know, doing it all wrong. And you're, you're not living your life the way I think you should live your life. You see, I'm telling you that because I'm arrogant, because I got a lot of ego. I've got these beliefs. And I just want you to see that, you know, and you say, yeah, I see all that. I see you're arrogant. You've got beliefs and all this sort of stuff. And you're kind of closed minded, too. I see all that. But why? Why should somebody get angry? Because right. somebody is, is telling you about themselves. You see, right. the only reason you get upset is because you're self-centered and you're self-centered because it's your ego and it's your ego because it's your fear. So that's the thing. Get rid of that fear and that ego doesn't get triggered. It just gets interested. Oh, really? Tell me more. <laughs> oh, what do you think I should be doing with my life? I see. You see? And... <laughs> It's interesting. And you can interact with people. And what happens is when you interact that way with them without the anger, without the whatever, it just takes the wind out of their sails so quickly. And they immediately start to see that the stuff they've been saying is kind of rude and inappropriate. And you'd be surprised how quickly 
they start something else. They change the subject or they apologize and say, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have been telling you all that stuff. You know, I'm just, da, 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 you know, and they'll make an excuse or something and change the subject or go someplace else because you've refused to play the game with them. So you've refused to get into this interaction. They say something to you. Now your ego and you get angry. And it's, that's the way we live by, you know, it's like poking a dog with a stick through the fence, you know, and we do that just to see the reaction of the dog. You know, we'll see the dog bark and growl and, and show us his teeth. And that's what we do with each other when we're talking to our relatives and you know, to the to just people. That's the way we act. We're constantly saying things and doing things and uh, getting reactions. And we feel justified in what we're saying. And, you know, and they get upset. Well, that's their problem. And we have all of this, this uh, arrogance in our, behind our beliefs and our ego. That's true. But, you know, if we let go of all that, you see, that's all. It's our ego and their ego doing this dance, doing this dance of fear. And that's what we that's what we call social interaction. You see? And that's why most people don't like it. They end up interacting with people and it's a struggle. It's a it's a lot of work being with with people and interacting with them like that. And it tires you out. And it's well, you know, I'm glad that's over again, you know, for another year or, uh, you know, yeah, well, that's usually a response. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So. But it doesn't have to be that way. Right. You see, if you don't struggle, right. they stop because it's not, they don't really don't know what's going on. They see suddenly that you're just kind of smiling at them and asking them questions. And suddenly they feel like they've overstepped because they're, they're not, that's not what they're expecting from you. Right. And, uh, but they can't help themselves. They could say it anyway, you see, mm -hmm. because their own beliefs, their own egos pushing them on. But if you don't respond, it gives them a chance to see a little bit about how they're acting. Whereas if you do respond, then they're justified in everything that they've been telling you, you see. So that's how you, as you get rid of your ego, you help other people get rid of theirs just by being there and interacting with them and not getting into the dance of fear and People will kind of back up and say, hmm, I said all those things. I told her what I thought of her, da, da, da. And she just asked me questions and smiled at me. <laughs> hmm. Uh, I wonder why she did that, because I was really being pretty rude to her. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I am rude sometimes. And, you know, maybe I shouldn't be that way. And it helps them grow up. So just getting rid of your own fear helps everybody around you grow up right. as well. And it makes you so that your ego doesn't get doesn't get energized and now you can have conversations with these people and it's fun they're just explaining to you how they are and you're learning about them at a deeper level and you can have compassion for them because you realize they're saying this stuff to you because they've all twisted up around this fear and these beliefs and these stories that they have that makes them do that they feel obligated to tell you how you should live your life well, why do they feel that way? Well, it's their own fear. It's their own egos. It's their own self trying to find importance in a life where they really don't feel very important, you see? Mm. And uh, so you can see all that and you can feel compassion for them because they're struggling with these things. And maybe you can even think of something to say that would make them feel better. You see, it just turns the whole thing around. So you don't have to do that dance with people. But if you're very self-centered, that means it's all about you. Then anybody says anything, you take it personally. Right. And when you take it personally, you get an emotional reaction. That emotional reaction tells you exactly who you are because that emotional reaction is authentic. Your emotions all come from the being level. None of us ever think about having an emotion. We don't say, well, I think I'm going to get angry because of what he said. You know, we don't intellectualize our emotions. They come all by themselves. They jump right up out of the core of us. And that's who we are. So when you feel that anger and you feel that anxiety and you feel that mistrust and you feel all that stuff, that's you. That's what's at your core. And now you ought to think, how am I going to get rid of that junk? I don't want all that stuff at my core. I want my feelings to be 
full of uh, caring, full of, uh, you know, oh, gee, you know, this person's really twisted up about their fear. Maybe I can help them out. You see, you want your emotions to be that way, not negative. So the only way to get rid of those negative emotions is to not be a negative person, to not be self-centered, to not have the fear. And that's what our New Year's resolutions ought to really be about, but it shouldn't be New Year's. Our everyday resolutions ought to be about finding and getting rid of that fear. Then we don't act that way. Right. See, and, and that'll be a hard thing for people to understand. You know, they, they think, well, if somebody says something bad about my children, I'm going to get mad. Yes. Well, you shouldn't get mad. Right. It's them. It's not about you. And you're thinking, well, they're saying bad things about my children, and I'm the one that raised them, and they are the way they are, and I'm perfect. I'm responsible for the way they are. So if they say something bad about their children, they're, some, they're saying something bad about me, and they're saying I'm an inadequate mother. I'm an inadequate father. I didn't do it right. I didn't raise them right. I had defective children because they, whatever they did, you know, that kind of thing. So it, it becomes personal. And as soon as it's personal, it's just your ego and it's your fear. If you get rid of that stuff, it's not personal at all. Right. And you see that it's about them, their feelings, their beliefs, their ego, their fear. And that's what they're telling you about, even though they're complaining about your children. They're telling you about themselves. And then you'll have some compassion for them. And maybe you can say something that makes them feel better. Right. So it's just a whole different approach to interacting with people if you can change yourself at the being level right. and not just see that's that's why we when we started it if it's just intellectual you see then that's just a part of your story right and that needs to be a part of you yeah right and that's the bit i mean usually resolutions are all about things you need to do and so to be more authentic um and we could you know look at intentions but it Intentions are, you know, how, what your motivation is and, you know, how you want to feel versus what you want to do. And so I, I like maybe to end this with talking about, you know, different ways. I mean, it's being, so regardless of what you choose. So, I mean, I like to set them instead of, you know, goals or, you know, things that are outside of us, like, how do we want to feel inside? And if you want to feel happy, which most people, I mean, that is their goal. And, you know, if you set that as an intention, just know that you will be shown all the places that you're not happy first, because <laughs> that's kind of how it works. Um, but just because that's what you're setting as an intention. I mean, it, it's it's like you need to look at it from the being level of how you want to be like how do you want to be so when you get angry or when you get frustrated or you know all of the things like even even excitement like you can't be excited 24 7 it's just as probably difficult on your body as being anxious 24 7 I mean but we can you know come from this place of peace or this place of balance or this place of happiness but we keep thinking that it's something outside of ourselves instead of something inside. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the intention aspect that I wanted to, you know, just talk about just a little bit. We don't have a whole lot of time, but, you know, just because I think that's where we want to end this in that, you know, as you're thinking of the new year, you know, I, I loved what you said on the holiday thing, because it allowed you to sort of step back and review some of the way you interact. I mean, there is no other place that will impact us as much as our family does. That is the one place where we grow the most because it's just the way it's been set up. The closer our relationships are, the more we grow. So looking at our family dynamics and how our families um, typically interact and how you interact with them, how you like taking responsibility for your actions and your interactions with them but in this case you know if we want to set an intention and I love the fact like I think it's the best thing would be whatever intentions you set set them every morning when you wake up but you know to you know it's not just about New Year's Day it's not just a day it's it's your whole life it's not something it's not like this there's going to be an end to this goal, like growth and and love and all the things that we want within our lives. It's not like we're not going to just get there someday and then there's not going to be anything else. It's like 
it's a continuous pattern of growth. We are always, you know, it's something we need to look at every day. It's not something that we can, you know, yeah, we can take a break if you want. You can go on vacation, you can do whatever you want, but it's still something that you need to look at every day. It's not like we're going to get to some place. We're not going to be, we may become enlightened, but even enlightened beings, they still have growth to do. We always will have growth. We'll always yes. be moving forward. That's absolutely right. That's very well said. Uh, it, there, there's not an end point. Mm-hmm. It's not like, well, I'm going to change a few things and then I'll be perfect. Yeah. You know, and, and It's not like that. It's, <laughs> it's something you continually work it's at. Journey. It's something you continually, and it's not you continually work because you haven't gotten there yet. Right. It's not so much that either. It's right. just that you have to continually grow. Right. Now, in the physics end of the world, I, you know, I compare that with entropy. You know, entropy just happens. Entropy happens. That uh, um, you know, things fall apart. Things decay. Things have a shelf life. Everything, you know, and the way you turn that around is with effort. You turn that, you know, you turn that around by continually putting effort to keep things you know, as they should be, because naturally things, if you, if you stop, if you ever say, Oh, I'm enlightened now, <laughs> I'm as perfect as anybody has ever been. So now I quit. You see, I I, I've made it, you know, well, what you will do is from that moment on, you will start de-evolving, coming apart. You will, you will start to lose all the hard won gains because it takes continual effort to be there. And when you make these these uh, these resolutions, these intentions for yourself, don't confuse doing with being, and don't confuse um, intellect with the being level. So don't say, "All right, I really want to change. I'm going to be more positive. I'm going to do this." And you can imagine yourself now talking to people, smiling, being more positive, but that's not it. You know, it's not that you are going because right away you'll start acting that way because now you're trying to, you know, to do something. But what you have to do is to get rid of the fear that's making you, you see, not smiley and not happy. So it's not a matter of acting. And a lot of us confuse that because our lives are so dominated by our intellects that we don't even think of changing. We don't even know that we can change at a deeper level. So we think I'm going to make a realistic, you know, I want to be a happier person and I'm going to be nicer to people. I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to do all this stuff. And you kind of see yourself in your mind, being nice and being happy and being polite and so on. And then you'll try to be that way. But see, when I say try to be that way, you don't even think about actually changing at the being level that try to be that way automatically converts into, I'm going to try to act that way. And when we say be that way, we really mean act that way. So don't let that confusion happen. You know, you really, the way you get happy is by getting rid of the ego and the fear. It's not by acting better and it's not by other people changing. It's by you getting rid of your ego and the fear that creates that ego. That's how you get happy. That's how you get rid of the stress and struggle in your life. You do it by changing you, not by changing other people. So all of your resolutions really ought to be about changing yourself, not necessarily your behavior. As you change yourself, your behavior will change. The things you say and the way you are, it just changes automatically. You don't have to act. You know, you need to, I think you put it very well, you, you need to, to change so that you don't have those negative feelings, not that you are better at suppressing them, that you just don't have them. And the way, the only way you can get rid of them is by changing yourself at the being level. Those negative emotions and feelings are there because that's the way you are at your core. You've got all this negativity, you see, which has to do with your fear and ego. Well, you need to get rid of that. You, you deal with those fears and you just don't feel that anymore. These things that used to upset you just don't upset you anymore. Matter of fact, you learn from them. And you're helpful to other people rather than getting angry at other people. So it just changes the whole paradigm of how you interact. And that's really what we're shooting for, not just using our intellect to act better. So that's the 
that's a key, a very key thing that people will miss. It is subtle because our, we lead with our intellect so much that we don't see that there's any other dimension to us. Right. You know, but okay. there is. It's, that being level is, is really who we are. And we need to get authentic and we need to change that to where who we are is love and caring and compassion. And Not that we act that way, right. but that we are that way. And it doesn't mean that our intellect is bad because no. it's not. It, it has, it's a very useful tool. If we yes. could only see it as a tool instead of seeing it as who we are. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, we, you know, we, we kind of downplay the ego in the, in the intellect, but the intellect is really a very important tool. It, it allows Absolutely. us to, you know, do a lot of things. It's just, it's not what we're talking about with regards to being and we often everything you know often it's the mind and the ego that's in the driver's seat and not the being level and that's kind of the goal that we're looking for and you know if people if people looked at it that way and you know really made an effort to always be conscious of you know the inner fears that you know, keep getting triggered and keep tripping us up and moving us into a story and moving us into an explanation and a justification and all the things that happen, then we would be more capable of really making the changes that we're wanting to change. Yeah, you're right. Intellect is very important. That intellect can express who we are. And it can express us as ego and fear. And it can express (laughs) us as love and compassion. You see, the intellect uh, will express whoever we are. So if the intellect says you got to act better, well, then that is an intellect expressing ego because ego is all about image and acting and appearance and that sort of thing. But if the if that intellect says you got to be better, it's not acting. You know, you need to be authentic and you need to get rid of that fear. Well, that's a that's an intellect you need to pay attention to because that's an intellect in faith, you know, in, in service of your being level, not in service of your fear and ego. So the intellect isn't a problem. The intellect will express, you know, whatever it is you are. And if that intellect is expressing your fear and expressing your ego and expressing your beliefs, then the intellect then is a problem, not because it's an intellect, but it's because you're a problem. <laughs> See, it's not the intellect that's the that's the hard that's drive. Here. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to change ourselves and the intellect will will you know express whoever it is we are. Right. Well, I hope that people take heart and listen with this and not set New Year's resolutions, but you know, to find some intentions that you would like to become in the new year and mm. uh you know, practice love and compassion and peace and balance and bring those things into more harmony and not um, not focus so much on your fears. It, it sounds, it, it's actually a very simple thing to do. It's not so easy to, <laughs> to actually do. However, if you really truly want to grow and evolve towards love, these are the, these are the tools that will assist you to get where you're wanting to go. And I think that's why we're all here. So I want to it seems that. like a really hard thing when people try it. I mean, in, you know, intellectually, it's very simple, right? right? Oh, it's easy. Just get rid of your ego and your fear. Yeah. Uh, that's simple. It's just one simple. step process. Absolutely. Just do that and everything else takes care of itself. So what's simpler than a one step process? Yep. But that step is a hard one for most people to take. But the hardest step is the first. The next step is a lot easier. And the one after that is a lot easier. So it's just actually getting up the courage and the, and the, and the, uh, uh, the, um, the conviction that you're really going to change yourself at the fundamental level and then working on that ego and fear and getting rid of it. Just do that the first time. And the first one may take you six months, you know, to deal with it, or maybe a year. But once you you beat that one, 
The next one is easier and then easier and easier, and it all coasts downhill after that. So it's just like you got to do it for that first one, and that's the struggle, but you'll learn the process, and after that, it gets a whole lot easier, and your whole life changes, and, and it's just a, then it becomes a, well, that was easy. Why didn't I do that a long time ago? You, know, it, uh, you wonder why, but it's that first thing because that ego will constantly try to thwart you from getting rid of it. That fear will frighten you from dealing with it. And if you can get over that first one, whatever it is, and don't try to do all of them at once, just pick something small and easy and do that one. <laughs> you know, and then you'll get the hang of it. So it's that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it, 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 what's interesting is that, that first initial pull, that one that makes it feel so dramatic and so painful, once you can really identify it and really, you know, cause it's not always easy to see the exact fear when something happens, but if you can really dig deep to find out what that core fear is once you do that once it's identified and then you go oh it's just that again so that that mm. and that tug that happens that you know drags you sort of down it lightens up it no longer has the same and so you know it may always be there or it may not be there but depending on your level of of you know really wanting to change it but you know once it does like that that initial Oomph that feels like a knife going into your heart or whatever, whatever that tug is that it, it just lightens up and it changes. And it's, it's, it feels really good that that's what happened with me on the holidays, which was, you know, a nice thing for me. You know, once I would, once I would realize what it was, it was like, Oh, <laughs> oh yes, that's the exact same thing. <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I've done, I've done this work on other issues. So this was a good one to play with because it was, and I did, I tried to play with it and then it would, you know, it would lighten up a lot, but it's, it's, it, you just have to be persistent and you also have to be a little bit of um, an analyzer just to dig into it to make sure you have the real core of what the problem is. Yeah, and there's where that intellect is very useful. Exactly. See, you need that intellect to make progress. Exactly. So it's a it's an important thing to have. You know, we're not saying bad things about no. the intellect. It's, <laughs> you, you need to get rid of your intellect because that's not it. You just need to get that intellect in the service of love and, and compassion rather than in the service of fear and ego. But you know, there are that's people that key. think that, though. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> But there really are people that think, oh, I don't want to build on my intellect because that's a bad thing. That's not the problem. The problem is the core. All right, Tom, wonderful show. Uh, I think our next show will be, you know, right at the end of January. So for the beginning of February, I think it's going to be have a love theme because I like calling February Love Month. And uh, if you want more information about Tom, you know, do a search. His books are out there, My Big Toe. Um, that's his website, mybigtoe.com. Um, do a search on Tom Campbell or Thomas Campbell, physicist. It's all there. He's got, you know, a forum. He has YouTube uh, videos, hours and hours and hours of free and, you know, really, you know, in-depth information that if you love what he is teaching us here, um, you know, do take advantage of it because it's all there. It's all free. And uh, you are a blessing, Tom. Well, thank you, Lori. So are you. It's, uh, you know, you, uh, you always steer our conversation to how does all this theory that I have actually affect us in our day-to-day -day life, you know, the application of the theory right. to individual lives. And that sometimes gets overlooked. You know, that's a very important part of this is that you need to see yourself in, within a bigger picture but it's not, if it just stays theory, then you're missing the point. You know, it's got to be applied right. to your personal life and not just occasionally, but every minute, you know, of every day of that personal life. And that's really where the rubber meets the road is in the application. And that's what you and I talk about. So it's, it's always uh, a pleasure to 
to kind of let go of the physics for a while and the theory and the, why does it all work this way and you know, what's the point and so on and just talk about how you can apply this to, to your life to end up a, a happy, fulfilled person rather than a struggling, unhappy one. Right. All right. So we'll be back next month. And you are listening to News of the Heart. We've been getting to the heart of what matters. And we've been talking about New Year's intentions. Thanks, Tom. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org. 